Welcome into another episode of Hockey Mountain High, your go-to avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage in Thornton and Westminster. We're here to talk all things avalanche. It was a marathon day here in Denver with sports, right? We had the Denver Nuggets starting at 1.30, immediately followed by the avalanche game, if you were able to stay awake for it, that is. So I'm your host, JJ Jerez of Mile High Sports, with me, Arif Dean of Mile High Sports as well, and Peter Bott of The Athletic here to get into I guess the losing streak that the Avalanche are going through, right? After uh, losing tonight to Winnipeg Jets, that makes it four games in a row. I guess, guys, let's just start with the simple conversation of your takes on the current form of the Avalanche. I mean, Peter, let's go ahead and start with you. And are you at all worried? I mean, there's obviously the uh, the bipolar conversation going on amongst Avs fans right now, right? Are, are you worried or are you not worried? Are you, are you worried or are you not worried? So where do you stand, Peter, on the current form of this team? Yeah, I uh, I think there's a little reason for concern. I think some of the habits that you're seeing aren't good. Too many defensive zone turnovers. I think the fact that Nazem Kadri is still rounding into form, he they need him to be Nazem Kadri if this if this team is going to go anywhere. Um, I, I I think that those things are maybe the one the things that raise my eyebrows a bit. But I also don't think this is the end of the world. I was looking back at. Um, the last Stanley Cup winner, Tampa, and they lost three games in a row heading into the postseason and uh, were outscored 15-3 to in those games. So I'm not saying that the Avs are Tampa, but I'm saying that there is – it's not like a team – no team has ever played poorly down the stretch and then turned it around in the playoffs. So I think the Avalanche are going to look a lot better when Devontae is in the lineup. They're going to look a lot better when Mika Rantanen's in the lineup. They're going to look a lot better when – Gabriel Landeskog's in the lineup, and they're going to look a lot better when they have the option to put Ryan Murray in the lineup. So I'm, I would say it's like concern should be at maybe a three out of ten right now. I think some of the habits are a little concerning, but I don't think it's any reason for a, a major panic. I uh, I think where I'm going to go with this is I'd go a little bit higher than a three, but it's also not the end of the world. We'll call it a five, a solid five out of ten. And the reason why that is is because they seem to be doing they seem to be allowing the thing that they usually do where they score and score in waves. They have a, that 10 minute, you know, period where they score three or four goals against Seattle in the first period, they surrendered three goals against the Edmonton Oilers in the second period. They surrendered four goals against the Winnipeg Jets today in the third period. They also surrendered four goals. So it's that weird stretch of bad hockey where a lot of pucks are going in is the part that's concerning. If they lose a bunch of games like they did against Washington last week, which was a really fun, hard fought game that ended up three to two and, you know, a back and forth kind of kind of matchup. That's fine. But it's the way they're losing games that's kind of weird right now. That's very unlike the team that we've seen for 70 something games and pretty much all of last season, too. Um is this as bad as the last four game losing streak they had? No, of course not. That was in the second round of the playoffs to the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, is it concerning? I would say I'm at the level of where, you know, what Jared said after the Edmonton game yesterday or on over the weekend where he said it was, you know, moderate is kind of where I would put it. Definitely not the end of the world. There's three games to get things back in order. Uh, a couple games here, they, they they get their feet back. Maybe Landis Gog and Taves come back in. Maybe Kadri rounds into form, and suddenly we don't even remember this four-game losing streak because they're the number one seed in the West, and they're going to play the eighth seed regardless. I like to break down hockey into four facets, right? You got forwards, defense, goaltending, and special teams. I would say two of those four are lacking right now, right? It's not a four out of four type of thing. It's not... I mean, you look at the, the Winnipeg game tonight. I thought defensively they, they didn't play a bad game. Having 0-0 score through two periods, obviously I think that's def good defense on both sides. The goaltending looked pretty strong too, and as of late it has as well. So I think goal scoring is really the biggest issue right now, having really scored 
two goals per game in the last four uh, losses here. So uh, defense is good with me. Goaltending is good with me. But obviously special teams and goal scoring, I think, need to be tweaked and uh, just a little bit more attention to right now. I would actually disagree that defending has been okay. I thought they were pretty bad tonight even. You looked at that rush of opportunities they gave up end right at the second. End. Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. bad. Like they they gave up good chances. Darcy Kemper bailed them out a lot. And I think if you look at like where a lot of the breakdowns were coming from, the fourth line was pretty bad tonight. Like it that was not a good game from the fourth line. You look at like just at like expected goals for percentage. Um let me look. I have it right here. Worst on the team, Nico Sturm, 11.68%. That's really bad. Second worst, Darren Helm, 14.48%. That's really bad. Third worst, Andrew Cogliano, 19.35%. So, like, the four, they need more out of their, their bottom line players than that, especially because they're going to be starting a lot of the shifts in the defensive zone, and they, they can't be making bad turnovers. And I think we saw Cogliano had a really bad one tonight on, I think, the Jets' third goal that really cost him and and you could tell how mad he was after it I think he slammed the puck out of the net and like these guys know that they they need to pick it up and I mean if they're gonna make the playoff lineup they're gonna have to because there's two forwards coming back in which means two of the guys who are in the lineup tonight at least are gonna be sitting because Logan O'Connor can also play I'm kind of losing track of the forwards here. So we got the top line, let's say Kadri, Burakovsky, and Nichushkin. Then you got what, Lekkinen, Kampfer, and I want to say, uh, what's his name? Help me out here. Are you, wait, are you talking about if they're fully healthy? Yeah, fully healthy. The third line would be Lekkinen, Kampfer. Newhook. And Newhook, thank you. And then you would have A mix O'Connor, of Obey Kubel. Obe Kubel, O'Connor, Helm. Sturm, Sturm, Cogliano. Cogliano. Okay, yeah, so five of those guys. Yeah, so, I mean, I was just trying to kind of remember, man, they have so many forwards now because I think that Cogliano and Helm both being in the lineup at the same time is a little, I don't know if that's going to happen all the time, and it's kind of a couple of guys that bring the same thing to me. But um, I think, you know, to kind of echo off of what you were saying, the, uh, yeah, I mean, Kemper has been saving their bacon, but it's also a bummer because one bad period per game, obviously he played two of the three games, but one bad period per game has really kind of put a damper in his numbers and his stats. And like today's game was a clear example of that. The Avalanche, you know, like you said, zero, zero through two periods. They had that late game, late second period surge from the Winnipeg Jets that they shut down. And then you go into the third period, the Avalanche get the little bit of momentum. They get that first goal from JT Comfer. And it's like, all right, cool. Maybe this is going to be another one of those games that we saw earlier in the season where Darcy Kemper stands on his head and gets a shutout. And then boom, one, then two, then three, then four. And like none of them on the empty net. It's, it's obviously defensive breakdowns. And I mean, is this to, like, I don't know if it's as easy as it's as simple as this to me, but like, can you just kind of say that Devontae's is this important to the team or is there a lot more going on here of just, you know, maybe mailing it in or what, what would you say exactly? I mean, Devontae's I think, is really important. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's, Considering his workload, right? You can't negate the fact that he's super yeah. important just because of the minutes that he eats up. I mean, that's like in the playoffs in big games, he and McCarr are going to be playing what? 25 to 30 minutes, maybe yeah. more. Like that's 25 minutes like tonight if this game say this game's 2-1 and not 4-1 McCarr would have played he didn't play like the last five minutes he would have played 23-24 minutes so that's 23 minutes that instead of going to Devon Taves who's a guy who's probably going to get down ballot Norris votes this year that those minutes are going to Eric Johnson Jack Johnson Sam Gerard Bowen Byram like those those guys who I'm not saying they're like bad players but 
they're not the Calibers days and like that. So not having him hurts. Yeah. There's a sure. trickle I mean, down I, effect. Yeah, for sure. I think that trickle down effect is a big thing. And I mean, defensively, that's kind of where I see them lacking. It's, you know, it reminds me of the beginning of the season. What did Devon miss the first nine or 10 games and the avalanche were kind of reeling for those nine or 10 games. And now suddenly he's out of the lineup and you're seeing it again. And I think that it's definitely not coincidence that you're seeing the avalanche kind of fall this low defensively in these last few games, letting in as many goals as they have. And in the ways that they have been letting them in, that's the biggest thing for me. It's what does Jared always say? It's the habits, the habits, the habits. Again, if you lose the way you did against Washington, it's one thing. But these last three games, they've been letting in goals in just abnormal fashions uh, and, and letting in a lot of them at, at once. And it's, it's defensive breakdowns. And a lot of times they've had to have their goalie bail them out. But even that's not enough, like we saw tonight. Yeah, I mean, they started the season two and five, to your point, right? They, they did it without Devon Taves, and they have a good chance of ending the season two and five as well. I think you look at the post-game press conference, and I think there was a little bit to read into that. I, you saw JT Comfort kind of, to me, struck. I mean, it was no different than he kind of normally is, but he struck me as a little bit, I don't know, ashamed, right? Like, uh, like Jared Bednar went in there and kind of laid into the guys. You get Jared Bednar's vibe in that press conference too, and he seemed annoyed, right? Just like that angry dad, I guess, so to speak. Um, so I, I guess where I'm going with that is, do you think that the message is starting to resonate with the players? Do you think it's starting to be felt in that locker room that they need to flip that switch and pr turn it on and start getting going into playoff caliber hockey here? I mean, well, it better. I mean, yeah. they, they have a, I mean, they're, if they have the same defensive breakdowns they did tonight against St. Louis, who scores a lot of goals, it's going to be a problem. I mean, they, they've really, like, I, again, I am not of the mindset that this is, like, a big deal and something that people need to, like, lose sleep over. But I do think there's some concerning things that they, they need to kind of pick up, and we'll see if they're able to do that. Kind of the, the way that I see it is right now, the – I, I would assume they have the mentality of like, okay, what the hell are we doing here? Like we are, you know, the avalanche that had a 55, what, 14 and six record or something like that, or 56, 14 and six. And we had won nine straight games and we're battling for the president's trophy. And then we lose to Washington. Okay, cool. And then we lose four straight. Like, what are we doing here? And I think they're starting, or I would assume they're going to start to come to that realization that like, we're going to have to pick it up. And their last three games, obviously, two are at home, but they got St. Louis, Nashville, and Minnesota. Those are three very tough division teams that are all going to the playoffs. Obviously, I think Nashville is the only one that has it officially clinched, but that's coming soon. So it's it's kind of a, a situation where the Avalanche, you know, I'm assuming that they, they have that mindset of like, all right, what are we doing here? Because there are some guys that are playing well, like Arturi Lekkinen coming in tonight had three goals and six points in his last six. Nathan McKinnon, 10 goals in his last 10 games, including today, where he was scoreless. JT Comfort just got a career high in goals, and a lot of that has been coming late season surge from him. Uh, you know, Darcy Kemper's up there and wins in the NHL. I think he's top five or something like that he was last time I checked. So, like, there's a lot of guys that are playing well. They just kind of got to put it all together. We saw them go on a little bit of a slide not directly or right around the deadline. I think they lost to Vancouver in regulation. Then they won a game and then they lost to Minnesota in overtime when, you know, Johnson and Tyson Jones had that whole thing going on late in regulation. Um, and then they won nine straight and they kind of just put that away and just kind of said, we're, we're going to be the team that we know we can be. And I think that's where they are now. So it's a matter of the guys that are playing got kind of got to pick it up. And then once you include, you know, reintroduce Taves into the lineup and Miko Rantanen, who's been sick. So I'm sure he'll be back soon. And, you know, maybe Gabe Landeskog before the end of the regular season. I would assume he's 
at least going to get a game at this point. You kind of want to have that fully healthy lineup, you know, minus, I guess, Ryan Murray to, to see what you have, at least with the forward group to get the ball rolling. And, and, and like you said, Peter, I think the biggest thing is like, you need Nazem Kadri to kind of get into form. Nichushkin's been playing well as you know as well. He's another guy that's been hot recently. Nazem Kadri's got to be the guy he was for sixty something games before his injury, for the Avalanche to feel a lot better about themselves. Yeah, I think Kadri's vital. I think he's his level of play is going to determine a lot because you saw last year when the Avs didn't have a second line presence, how quickly things turned in the Vegas series. So. If they're able to get, I mean, the first line is going to do what the first line does, but there are going to be nights in the playoffs where, like, there's a good shutdown line that can take the first line out of things, and then you really need your guys to, your Kadri's, your Lackanen's, your Nachushkin's, like those guys to, to yeah. kind of carry you. And Kadri was doing that for most of the season. I think he'll probably get back there, but he certainly hasn't had a great great start. Yeah, I mean, with some of the goal-scoring woes, I think that goes hand-in-hand with the power play woes, right? And I feel like the power play was really causing a ruckus among Avs Twitter today. Um, and uh, like you guys are saying, Rantanen, Taves, Landeskog, those are all big factors that would help not only the goal-scoring but the power play as well. So do you, do you guys attribute just simply the missing pieces in those three guys on the power play units as their struggles right now, or do you think there's something deeper? If the, If that's what you're attributing it to, Let's get into an update on those three and when you guys think uh, we'll be seeing those guys again. Well, Bedner, I actually really liked what, what he said about, like, your power play is a reflection of your five-on-five five play, and that's something I, I agree with. So I think that when the five-on-five five play picks up, you'll see the power play pick up. I think that when I look at the power play, it's like, one, they're having trouble getting set in their own zone, and two, when they do, it's just like, Pass to Burakovsky, back to McCarr, to McKinnon, back to McCarr, to McKinnon, back to McCarr. <laughs> like, they're just not putting pucks on net. And you saw there was, yeah. like, a flurry of plays in the third, I think, where McCarr had a few shots that, like, they didn't all get through, but the puck was bouncing around loose in front of the net. And I think they probably need a little more of that. Get back to the simple things that you know work and go from there. So I, I think that's, when I look at the power play, that's the biggest thing. As for the, the three guys you mentioned, it sounds like Landis Scott's progressing. Um, Taves, Jared said before this trip that if it was a playoff series, he'd be in there. And then Rantanen, I don't know, this illness, is it must have been pretty bad if he flew back to Denver. I don't really have a full sense. I think we'll get, a, get more of that as the, I think, the next practice Tuesday. So hopefully we have more of a sense then. Yeah, it's just the, the the offense in general, five on five and on the power play just seems very like there's no flow to it. It, it almost seems like they're uninterested, but it's like I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to label them as like, oh, they just don't give a shit. Like you're not going to do that about a professional athlete. But there is just no flow to their offense to the point where like when the JT Comfort goal happened here in, in the third period against the Winnipeg Jets, it was kind of like, oh, hey, they got one. It's kind of seemed like the offense has fizzled. But again, not in a concerning way. This is a team that has a top spot locked up. This is a team missing a couple of key guys. So it is a reflection of the power play, and I think that's a good way to put it because you're seeing the exact same habits on the power play that you see at five on five. And like you said, it's just uh, you know passing back and forth and McCarr and McKinnon. McKinnon does a little dipsy doodle and tries to get a puck to someone else, and then it gets deflected. It goes the other way. Winnipeg had a couple of shorthanded chances too. So like, it just didn't seem like there was much happening on the power play, but it was 
very, very similar to what you saw five on five from the Avs, which was just very uninspiring play and, and, and just no general flow to it. Yeah, indeed. So I guess with the update on those three guys, there was also kind of a weird injury since we last spoke, right? That was Pavel Francouz getting hit in the puck, getting hit in the head with the puck. Um, Interesting injury, of course, considering he's not in the play, but it sounds like he's back. He's ready to go. Everything's going to be fine and dandy with him. Just, a, I guess, a scrape and a bruise on that one. Yeah, that was a that was a strange play. So I, I started watching that game about six minutes into regulation. And, you know, I, I pulled up Twitter to see if there was any updates on the game before I had turned it on. And I saw Pavel Francouz not returning. And I was like, I could have sworn that when I checked NHL.com and when I had, you know, checked Twitter, Darcy Kemper was starting. And I it just was like it epitomized the luck of the avalanche the last few years with injuries where it's like their backup goalie sitting on the bench got hurt. Um, <laughs> and then I think Jared said that it was a puck that hit him, you know, right beside the eye. And I, I got hit by a puck once, like right by the eye. And I have a little scar from it. And I had three stitches right down the side of my eye. And I woke up the next day. And my eye was puffed to like the size of a tennis ball. So obviously they have a little bit better medical care than what I had when I was 19 years old. But uh, I'm assuming it was just very swollen to the point where it's like, all right, we're going to need Inunin to sit on the bench. And, I, I, you know, I, I was hoping that that was all it was and not really a concussion issue, um, which I don't think is normal when a puck hits you over there. But you can't really say. But obviously him being back on the bench today kind of... Uh, makes it all the more apparent that he's he's okay um and uh, i saw a lot of people on twitter it's it's funny it's just i like to use twitter to get a gauge like you were saying jj of like where fans are at and i saw that like people were all freaking out like of course their backup would get hurt of course of course and i'm like alex ovechkin just got injured uh the two goalies in carolina just got injured it could be worse than your backup taking a puck off a deflected play and coming back after one game so it was a very strange play, very strange injury, but I think Pavel will be fine, and I'm sure he'll get in another game in these last three. I don't think you're going to ride Darcy four straight to end the regular season going into the playoffs. Oh, they have a back-to-back. That would be a bold move. Do they? I thought it was a... Oh, yeah, you're right. Look at that. It's Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Oh, yeah, that's right, the home and road. I thought it was a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but obviously tomorrow's Monday. Yeah, exactly. St. Louis Tuesday, Nashville Thursday, Minnesota Friday. So, um, yeah, I wish I, I wish we could be on uh, video with this podcast, right? There's a little shot of when I got smoked in the eye Holy of crap. a puck. Nine Look stitches there, but that's exactly what I thought, right? It's like I, I've been hit in the eye by a puck, and, you know, it was a quick healing process. It sucked for a couple days, but I was back on the ice pretty quickly. So that that's pretty much what you can anticipate from Francis here, and I think he'll be in uh, in his truest and normal form. I don't think it's going to affect him at all here. Peter, you got to wear and a I've helmet. Never played. Yeah, you got to. Yeah, got to wear. I've a helmet. never played a game of hockey in my life. So uh, yeah. neither neither have I. Peter, you're new to the podcast. Let me tell you about the time that I got hit by a puck. I was a uh, reporter for before the NCAA team. The first time I had worked there, I worked for the ACHA team for U of M Dearborn, and I went for a skate in my full suit after the game with friends and family of the of the players like at 10 30 at night and uh one of the assistant coaches decided to bring a stick and a puck on the ice and without even looking carelessly shot a puck and it hit me in the side of the eye um he got in a lot of trouble and i got stitched up on the university's dime but that was fun i was in a full suit i was the beat reporter and I went home with four stitches and a tennis ball size scar on my uh, on my eye. It was a fun time. So no, I don't play hockey either. I never have, uh, and uh, I still went home with a scar. So 
I would say just wear a helmet yeah. the next couple times. Stay on your toes. <laughs> I did. I did take a baseball to the lip once. That hurt. Ooh. I had braces too, so like the it was I was playing shortstop and the ball hit me in the face. I was in middle school, and the inside of my mouth got caught on my braces. Oh, that was not fun. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't have I didn't have like a bruise or anything or like anything to make me look cool. So I was kind of disappointed with the whole. <laughs> well, I already the had the scar thing. on my eyebrow and I added another one to the side of it. So I'm just I, I got them all going right now. It makes me look like I played like 10, 15 years of like all kinds of sports. But really, no. <laughs> Reporting injuries. You did, but you do you do run a boxing gym, though, so you can you can go with that. Yeah, I can. Technically, that is true. Look at that. Peter's doing the plugs for us now, JJ. <laughs> Hey, don't forget, plug me, Peter. don't forget to plug me. Um, let's, I yeah, got if you. you need your real estate stuff taken care of, I, I know I got you. I love it. I love it. Um, let's uh, look, uh, you know, amidst all this panic, let's take a look at the President's Trophy race here. Of course, the Florida Panthers also lost tonight by the hands of the Tampa Bay Lightning, 8-4 to four there in Sunrise, Florida. Pretty shocking. So I guess where do you guys stand on the uh, Avalanche's chances on still pulling out this president's trophy and at this point how much do you really care i think it's more important to get them into the right form more so than uh focusing on the trophy but um i know it's important to a lot of people out there i it's, think the chances are very it's low pretty much all not. but lost yeah <laughs> and i don't and i don't think it matters one bit if it let's put it this way if it does end up mattering the abs will be happy because that means that they're going to be in the stanley cup that's the yeah. only way it's going to matter and, and that like, would take Florida also making it to the Stanley Cup. And, like, at that point, who cares? I mean, I know you kind of want home ice advantage for Game 7, and we all remember Mission 16W in 2001 and the Avalanche losing in 1999 and 2000. They lost to Dallas in Dallas, and they, like, made, like, if you watch the documentary, they, like, made it, like, this whole Hollywood production around the Avalanche saying, we need to win the President's Trophy and get home ice advantage for Game 7 in any series. And obviously they had it in 2001 in the final, but it's 2022. If you're going to make it to the final against the Florida Panthers, then I'm sure you're going to be okay with that because you don't often see the top two teams in the NHL playing the Stanley Cup final. So like if they make it to the Stanley Cup final, the president's trophy will matter and it'll only matter if the team on the other side is the Florida Panthers. It's a very low percentage of that happening, even though these are the two teams in the NHL that have combined for 112 wins. So... um I, I don't think it matters at all. The Avalanche have had top spot in the Western Conference, locked up for quite a while now, and I think that's pretty much it shows in their level of play lately. I mean, you can't discredit the run that Florida went on to kind of take over the, the reins, right? I mean, 13 straight wins before this loss to Tampa. Color, Colorado had control of it for, for a good amount of time. I would say about three weeks ago, it looked like Florida was down and out and more, yeah, wasn't going to make but, a comeback. But with the Avalanche, it was always like up by two or three points with like maybe a game in hand or like up by four points with Florida having a game in hand. So like they didn't entirely run away with it, but it was kind of like, well, I mean, if the Panthers are going to win nine of 10, I'm sure the Avalanche will win eight of 10 and like it'll just kind of stay up there. But four losses in a row in regulation, who'd have thunk it? Yeah, I, I mean, like you said, last time they had four losses in a row was in a much more important time. I hadn't thought of that. That's a good point. <laughs> I don't know. I. I would, I would argue that this is just isn't... I'm just kidding. But yeah, no, that's 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 the last time they had four straight losses. They won three straight in the beginning of the season. They won opening night, and then I'm pretty sure they lost three straight games. And then this is their... I think the only other time they had lost three straight games since then, and now it's four straight, and they're all in regulation. It's really strange, but again, it's not anything to be worried about. But like, if you go into the playoffs, 
Yeah, a little bit. But like if you go into the playoffs losing seven straight games where you're giving up four goals in one of the periods like for the next three games and St. Louis is, you know, wiping the floor with you. Like St. Louis and Minnesota are both really hot right now. If you go into those games playing the way you have these last two or three, like they're not going to take it easy on the avalanche. They kind of want to set a precedent for what they can do in the playoffs. And I think uh, it would be a kind of statement victory for those guys to come out and kind of, you know, run circles around the avalanche. Like we saw, I think it was yesterday or earlier this week, Tampa Bay beat Toronto eight to one in a series. That's likely going to be a first round series. Colorado wouldn't face Minnesota or St. Louis in the first round, but those are the two teams that they might face in the set or they, they would face in the second round. If they get there, um, St. Louis is a team they swept last year. Minnesota is a team that knows that they can hang with the avalanche and, and, and they want to show it. So you can't go into those games playing the way you have the last three or four because if you do, it's going to look pretty bad going to the playoffs for the Avs. They're, they're going to hang their heads low. Tell me if you guys agree with this. I made this point on the hockey show the other day, and um, you know I'm confident that the Avalanche, especially once they get the big names back, they're going to know that the importance of the situation come playoff time, and they're going to be able to turn it on. But also with the way the whoever that eighth seed is going to be, the way they're backing their way into the playoffs here kind of feels like the Avalanche are going to have a little bit of flexibility in that first round to kind of figure things out, right? I mean, I, I, of course, it's playoff hockey. Everybody's going to turn it on. Everybody wants it. But I think uh, I just don't think those bottom teams are playing to their top level right now that maybe the Avalanche have some time. But how many games do you want to actually play in the first round? Sure, like how sure. much energy do you want to exert? Like the, the, the best thing about the Avalanche sweeping the Blues last year was like you got to the second rounds scot-free through four games like you you're going to the to the second round with a lot of energy and a lot of you know just just got to shake off a little bit of rust which they did pretty damn well in game one against vegas um but they didn't have to exert a lot of energy do you really want to play six or seven games against i don't know nashville or dallas or potentially vegas who right now is tied 1-1 with san jose after the first period like i don't think you want to go there but at the same time again it's not the end of the world like if you win in six games so be it. I think, you know, Nashville beat the Avalanche in six games in 2018, and, and they still, you know, won another series before losing to Winnipeg. So uh, it's just one of those things where you just don't want to have to figure things out in the playoffs, regardless of who you're playing, because you lose one, then you lose two, then it's like, oh, shit. And then you're the Tampa <laughs> Bay Lightning that got swept by Columbus. Like anything can happen. It's you don't want to really fiddle with your play in the playoffs. You want to get it figured out before then. Um, yeah, exactly. I think, you know, I, I get your point for sure, but I, I think the more games you play that might be better for their form, yeah, as long as you get out of it ahead and don't really, you know, as long as you never fall behind too, right? If you go yeah. up 2 nothing, then 2-1, then 3-1, then 4, or 3-2, then 4-2, I think that that's a good way to get your legs back underneath you and really build some momentum. What's, what's Jared's favorite saying this year? It's nice that we're learning lessons while mm -hmm. still winning, so... If you have to do that in the first round of the playoffs, so be it. I don't think Dallas is going to beat you, even though, you know, anything is possible. If Dallas ends up being the team you play, which is not guaranteed right now, but looking more like I think they are like the highest percentage of, of uh, potential first round opponent for the Avalanche, like figure it out against Dallas. Even if you win the series in four or five games and don't look so good, at least you can learn lessons along the way while winning like they have pretty much all season. Yeah, let's take a quick second to acknowledge our friends over at Total Beverage. Guys, everybody knows Total Beverage in Westminster and Thornton, right? Sure. Total Beverage has an incredible selection of beer, wine, and spirits, but did you know that they deliver? 
Did you know that they have curbside pickup available? And did you know that they do online wine education classes? If not, it's time to get to know Total Beverage again. Stop by on 104th in Thornton or on Sheridan, Westminster, whichever is closest to you, and see for yourself. Or you can always find weekly deals, events, and even drink recipes online at TotalBev.com. Total Beverage, everything you need and more. Um, so while we are on the topic of that Florida-Colorado race, and we are discussing the Florida's loss tonight to Tampa Bay, it was reported that Joe Sackick was actually in the building watching the Florida versus Tampa Bay game tonight. I guess any conspiracies, let's start throwing some stuff at the wall. What do you think <laughs> Joe Sackick was doing in Sunrise, Florida tonight? Do you need a reason to be in Sunrise, Florida? Ever? Yeah, watching <laughs> hockey. I, I, I don't. I never read. Unless... With scouts and GMs, like scouts, I never pay that much attention to. If it's like a GM right before the trade deadline going somewhere, then maybe I pay a little bit of attention. I mean, Joe Sackick might have just been in Florida. And, like, yeah, he probably wants to do some due diligence on teams that they might play. And he's probably seen a lot of Minnesota. He's probably seen a lot of St. Louis. Probably hasn't seen that much Florida or Tampa, especially since they haven't played either team. They haven't played Florida since the – beginning or since december and they haven't played tampa since january so i bet yeah and florida's not a bad time not a bad place to be this time of year no not at all i mean i i think he looked at the standings and he looked at who the avalanche have been playing these last couple games and how they've been playing these last couple games and said i want to go watch a good hockey game so he went out to florida to watch two pretty damn good teams now i'm just kidding i mean it's it's the time of the season where there's really nothing to look at. There's no trades coming up. There is This isn't a team building for the future where you're sitting there trying to figure out what players you're going to maybe acquire in the offseason or offer sheets or anything like that. It's two teams that you might face if you make it to the third or, or sorry, to the fourth round of the playoffs. So they, he's just there to watch a hockey game. Maybe he was just in Florida and said, screw it. This is an arena that's close to me. I'm Joe Sackick. I can go wherever the hell I want to and decided to step in and watch that game. Well, that's disappointing. I was hoping one of you guys was going to throw a conspiracy about maybe they're, a potential free they're, agent. They're going to sell the farm for Andre Vasilevsky <laughs> next year, and the trade is going to include, like, Mika Rantanen or something. Nothing big. Sure, sure. Yeah. sure. No, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm with you guys. I think Joe Sackick's a big Florida guy. I know his youngest son went to college down there, so I know that they have some roots down there, I guess, planted a little bit. I they mean, like who Florida in the NHL world doesn't at this point? Point. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, as he's as he's gearing up for the playoffs too, why not take a quick little break in Florida, and and then you know he's going to be in the ball arena every night and on the road as well. Yeah, the weather sucks right now, so I mean, I I would take the humidity over this shitty fifty five degree wind we've had all weekend. Jeez, so much wind. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, hey, he watched a good game too, eight to four Tampa Bay over Florida. Like, holy crap, that's. I don't know. I feel like Joe Sackick's sitting there kind of casting a spell on Florida. They'd won 13 straight games heading into that one. And, and Tampa Bay came in and said, hey, the playoffs are almost here. Let's turn it on and be the lightning. So now they've won three straight games and they've put up eight goals against both Toronto and Florida in the process. The only two teams ahead of them in their division. So it's kind of like, hey, don't forget about us. We're the two time defending come champs. So Joe Sackick got to watch a little bit of that. Uh, moving on, I know you guys talked a little bit of playoff stuff uh, when you guys did your solo podcast with YouTube, but I think it's still something we got to keep our eye on here as we uh, wrap mm -hmm. up with pretty much three games left to go with every team. I mean, as we're recording here, Nashville and Minnesota are heading into overtime, and Vegas and San Jose are tied 1-1. So looking at the remainder of the playoff race, obviously between Vegas, Nashville, Dallas, 
what do you guys think? What are you What are you anticipating? Who makes it? Who kind of uh, blows it? And uh, any, any uh, anything else you want to throw in there to support your take? I'm pretty confident Dallas is going to be the Avalanche play. Like, pretty sure. That's what the these, numbers say. These next two games are going to be crucial because when you look at Vegas and Dallas, Vegas has the regulation win tiebreaker. So right now we're recording. By the time you guys are listening to this, you'll know what the decisive, you know, the final score was in that San Jose Vegas game. 1-1 one, one through 20 minutes right now. If Vegas wins that game and then they beat Dallas on Tuesday in regulation, suddenly they're both tied at 93 points and 80 games played. So these next two games, but if Vegas loses to San Jose today, it's going to hurt a lot. And let's just call it what it is based off the math. If Vegas loses to San Jose today and then Vegas loses to Dallas in regulation on Tuesday, that's it. Vegas is out. They're done. So it's looking more and more like it's Dallas. The ball is in their court. But the fact that Vegas and Dallas have a game against each other on Tuesday is huge. If you're Dallas, if you're not going to win that game, get it to overtime. That'll piss Vegas off because it's it's going to only give them a one point one point lead on the standings rather than two. So I still think it's Dallas. I agree. And Nashville getting to overtime with Minnesota is also going to help them lock up that seventh spot or, you know, wild card number one, I should say. Um, but Vegas isn't entirely out yet, but it's getting closer to that point. Yeah, like I said earlier, none of these teams exactly playing their best hockey right now. But I think if you look at their schedules remaining, I think it's very telling. Let me read them out to you real quick. So Vegas, their remaining three games after tonight are at Dallas, at Chicago, at St. Louis. So they're done playing at home already. Mm -hmm. Nashville will be playing at home against Calgary, then here in Colorado, and then on the second night of a back-to-back -back in Arizona. Dallas, however gets three home games remaining. Yep. One, one Vegas, second night of a back-to-back -back against Arizona, and then finishing up with the lowly Anaheim, who, as I look right now, that are playing the St. Louis Blues in the third period, Anaheim has 15 shots on goal in three periods. So Anaheim, obviously, just not a good team. Dallas really kind of getting the easiest schedule on the way out here. Yeah, and and this was something that Peter and I discussed in the on the podcast a few days ago. You said Dallas is playing three more at home. Well, Dallas's road schedule, or sorry, Dallas's road record in 41 games this year, 19, 20, and 2. They came away with 19 wins on the road. Right now, they are 25, 10, and 3 at home. So it's looking pretty good for the Dallas Stars to win one or two of these home games and potentially the one against Vegas to really put a nail in the coffin. Absolutely, absolutely. And I, I don't know, I think... Either way, you're going to have your hands full, right? Those are all three teams that, that give the Avalanche fits. But as I've been mentioning over and over, none of them play in good hockey. Either are the Avalanche, though. So we'll see what the future holds uh, for that first round. I'm excited. I mean, only f five days left in the regular season, boys. I mean, is, is the playoff, is, is it starting to, to hit you yet? The playoffs are right around the corner. I mean, we've, we've gone through our last weekend of regular season hockey here. That's crazy oh, to me. It's not crazy to me. This season has been so freaking long. That's that's what I mean. Like it's crazy to me that it's finally happening. Like we should be we should be starting the second round or in the middle of the second round, I should say right now. April 24th. Like this is usually when the second round of playoffs are going on. I mean, the last time we had a regular season, the St. Louis Blues won, I want to say on June June 9th or June 7th. They they closed out that series against Boston. And uh, this one's going to go all the way through the end of June again, so I'm ready. The Avalanche look like they're ready for the playoffs. It's just been a weird week of just like, let's just get there. <laughs> let's just get there. Right now, all we're doing is looking at how many players are going to hit 100 points and how many guys are going to hit 60 goals, if any. How many are going to hit 50? And how many wins is the leading goalie guy going to have? And 
that's that's all it is right now. Like the playoffs need to get here. Arif needs to keep an eye on that now that he's uh, Arif's an award voter. Shout out to Peter Ba. I heard you well, no, put in no, a good no, word no. for me. No, no, no. Shout out to to Arif B. But yeah, that's uh, pretty cool. I I actually no, I didn't tweet it. But yeah, I will be getting a vote for uh, the NHL awards this year. I thought I had tweeted it, but I did not. So uh, that's going to be really cool. I'm going to spend a lot of time this upcoming week waiting for the playoffs to start, doing nothing but research for the award stuff. It'll it'll be fun, and I'm I'm excited to get that vote in. I love your little bromance there, but yeah, that's exactly my thought when I saw <laughs> that you uh, were given that. Oh, I guess responsibility, right? I was like, uh, nobody can do a better job at voting than Arif can. He's going to nerd out. He's going to look at every single stat <laughs> possible, and he's going to make the most informed decision. Maybe sometimes might be a little biased because I know you, but I think you'll also you'll let reason take over um, anything that comes out of your heart. I don't know, man. I, I, fla- I, I fast – or not fast forward. I rewind back 10 years the other direction in life to just being the biggest – anti-Red Wing hating kid living in Detroit. Like, fuck everything the Red Wings do. They suck. Datsuk isn't even that good. Neither is Lidstrom. And now I'm, like, sitting here like, is it Morvid Sider or Lucas Raymond? Who's won? Like, it's just... Life comes at you fast, man. Yeah. It really does. The bias is gone. Arif is Arif is a big J journalist now. Yeah, it's, it's weird. Once you peel back the curtain, I think... Uh, I don't remember if I've said this on the podcast once. I went home for Thanksgiving... And there was that game. I think it was the game where like Forsberg punched Ekholm or whatever. The game right after, right after the day after Thanksgiving, I want to say it was, and uh, or no, the day after Thanksgiving they lost to Dallas, and then the day after that they played Nashville at home. But regardless, I was at home. I was on vacation for Thanksgiving, and I watched like the first ten minutes of the first period of the Nashville game. And then I turned off the TV and I look over at my brother, and he's got his jaw dropped to the floor, and I'm like, "What's wrong with you?" He goes, I've never seen you turn off an avalanche game. I'm like, it's different now. It's my job. This is me saying, fuck it. Let's play Mario Kart or something. <laughs> like, it's time on vacation. <laughs> yep, yep. So, uh, yeah, I know uh, the playoffs are going to rejuvenate us a little bit, really get us into it. But, yeah, the, the offseason is going to be nice. Not going to lie. This was a longer season, like Peter was saying. This this one definitely dragged out compared to the last two. But, um, you know, I'm ready for playoffs. It's going to be probably the funnest playoffs we've seen in a long time. Normal atmospheres. New broadcast, new coverage. It's going to be amazing. Do you guys want to know how long this season has been? Did you know we are still in the season where Darcy Kemper was having a skate blade issue? <laughs> and that was like, and that was like two months. Right, into that was a long time, or a month and a half. Yeah, that was like a month, like that. We're still in the same season where, like, I don't know, Nathan McKinnon got COVID. Yeah, and and Jonas Johansson played a bunch of games and. McKinnon had two and 40 and like just ah, it's a season just won't end. It's so strange. Hopefully the last season. Like it feels like COVID pause, right? Go ahead, Peter. Yeah. It feels like years since Tyson Jost is on. I was going to say like six. Yeah. The the deadline feels like it. It came and went and then it went, went, went. And it just was so long ago. Like that was like the day I was looking forward to like. And I feel like all hockey fans were kind of looking forward to it. And then it happened and all these trades happened. And now I'm like, all right, we got to end the season. Like we're 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 ready. This is still the same season as Sampo Ranta playing 10 games in a row. Oof. This is the same season that <laughs> Stefan Matteau got hurt and had to sit on the Avalanche's cap for a little while. <laughs> Stefan Matteau, yeah, a costly two minutes of play for the Avs. Not to any fault of I love this game. Yeah. This is the same season that. <laughs> this is the same season when. You might be a redneck. 
<laughs> this the same season that Tyson Jost scored a game tying goal against St. Louis, did a somersault on the ice only to have the goal over. Oh, I remember that. This is for a, ki- a kicking motion. This is the same season that started with uh, me running into Pavel Francouz at Clean Juice <laughs> after this preseason injury against Minnesota. It's the same season that Marc Andre Fleury made his Chicago Blackhawks debut against. Jesus, the this is the same fucking <laughs> season as all the things that happened with Chicago. Joel Quinville getting oh, let God, go and yeah. like that was all this year. The Kyle Beach story, like us knowing who Kyle Beach, you know, that he was, I forget what the code word was. Uh John Doe. Kyle Beach was John Doe. Jo- Joel Quinville leaving the Panthers after starting seven and oh. That all happened this freaking season. Yeah, oh it's man! Pretty crazy, unreal. Absolutely, absolutely. I had a this is the same season, but I forgot it because Minnesota just beat Nashville right. in overtime, so uh, it distracted me. So, wow. yeah, this is the same season where St. Louis is currently up six to two on Anaheim, and this is going to be the end of Ryan Getzloff's career, losing this bad to the St. Louis Blues. But uh, they got off to a hot start for him. Two yeah, nothing. I yeah, I saw that. Oh, here's Getzlov with a pass and a goal. Look at that. A nice assist from Okay, I'm sorry. We gotta end the We're podcast. We're off the rails. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a nice assist to end his career. That's pretty right cool. on, guys. But good for Ryan Getzlov. Closing yeah. thoughts as we head in the podcast, if any. Yeah, I was gonna close out with uh, Did I say in or out? regardless we're going out (laughs) i was gonna say uh my closing thought was gonna be that i'm pumped for having a vote this year and i'm really excited to get that in it's just one of those like pinch me moments and uh also jj good vibes going into tomorrow baby peter anything from you are we out of here oh i uh i think it's time for you to bless our pretty little hearts all right right on i'm excited for i'm excited for the end of the regular season this one really uh was a bit tedious definitely at the end i know i'm not the only one that feels that way just like this podcast so let's wrap it up here guys thanks for (laughs) hanging out with us if you made it this far bless your pretty little hearts let's make hockey for everyone and we out you